Welcome to Hearts of Men. We have started last week a series of episodes on the emotions of a man. And we started off talking about anger last week. And this week we're going to talk about depression or sadness. I believe this is an incredibly important topic for men to understand um, what what is depression, what is sadness, how does it affect us, and how can we ultimately be free of it? How can we overcome it? So we're going to dive into some things. We're going to we're going to learn about it more. We're going to learn how we can effectively um, not hide it, but proactively deal with it, so that we can be healthy men who express. Um, a healthy response when we deal with these negative emotions, when we deal with intensity in the form of anger, sadness, depression, grief, anxiety, uh, etc. So, so glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in, and so good to hear some of the r- responses and the encouragement from some of the listeners lately. Keep giving them. Uh, so blessed. Let's jump in. All right, so one thing that we are big at here at Hearts of Man, one thing that I focus a lot on is the the completeness of a man, not just what a man can produce, not just what a man does, but who a man really is internally and what he's made of, which includes a huge part of our emotions, a huge part of dealing with uh, negative emotions, often referred to in the forms of anger, a sadness, depression, grief, despair, anxiety. These things are oftentimes not spoken of, especially even in Christian circles or in the church. We don't really know how to deal with them or we don't have healthy coping mechanisms. And so last week we talked about anger. I hope that was encouraging to you. I hope you're able to take some things from that and apply them to your life maybe especially on some of the trigger uh, points where you find yourself being triggered and taking note of that, just sometimes making the mental note. So I hope that you can apply uh, some of the things that we talk about into your journey, into your your situation right where you're at. Today, we're going to talk about depression or sadness, and we're just going to put some light on it, put some light on, because I know that actually many of you struggle with sadness. We all struggle with sadness, and some of you might struggle with depression, with more serious um, places of sadness that leads to depression. And so we want to be honest, transparent, authentic about this struggle and the reality of how it affects us, how it affects us in our life. And the truth is, is that men get depressed. Men deal with sadness. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a fact. Guys get depressed. Depression actually affects millions of men every year, and it it is the leading cause of disability worldwide. And we are seeing an increase of depression in men overall in the day and time that we live in. And I think there's a number of reasons for this, and we might want to talk about some of those today. But, you know, depression is a thief. At the end of the day, it's a thief that's trying to steal something from you. And that's a good way to look at it. Depression is not a friend. It's not ultimately supposed to be, you know, um, someone that we reside with and that we just allow to have full access 
to the very things that give us life and the very things Jesus said actually in John 10, 10, that he came to give life and life abundantly. And then right after he said that, or life to the full, he says, but the enemy or the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy, right? And so we know that we have an enemy and his job is to lead us into depression, lead us into darkness, lead us into oppression, and to steal and rob. And so depression is an illness that can rob you of your will to even live. It can also steal the pleasure from things that used to give you joy, your physical energy and strength even, your connections to friends and family and those you love the most, and your ability to handle stress. This is where depression and sadness, if not dealt with, if not um, able to see ways to healthily deal with this in your life, then it will steal and rob from you. There's a few myths. I think there are, are many misconceptions about depression that make it difficult for men to talk to others and to take charge of, of their health and even their mental health, their emotional health, their mental health. We often talk about holistic personhood, holistic manhood, and part of authentic manhood is understanding that you are a physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental being. And all four of those areas needs exercised. All four of those areas needs attention, right? Just as you give yourself to physical exercise to build your body, your outer body, so you need to build your mental, your emotional, and your spiritual. God created us that way. So it's it would not be a surprise then if he created us as a, a whole person, which deals with those four areas, mind, body, soul, and spirit, then we would need to invest in understanding when things are trying to come and steal from us and trying to come and take abundant life from us, right? So just a couple myths that I want to um, you know, throw out there. One myth is that depression is a sign of personal weakness. Many men think that. Well, here's the reality, that depression is a real illness and actually is suicide is oftentimes depression that leads to great darkness oftentimes leads to death, leads to suicide. Men and, and even women taking their very own life. So um, it's not a sign of personal weakness. Another myth is that, you know, real men <laughs> are in control of their emotions and don't let things get to them, right? Maybe some of you have heard that from your fathers. Man, if you're a real man, you won't let this get you down. Well, the reality is that real strength is facing whatever challenges arise, right? That's real strength. The real man actually faces and deals with whatever challenges arise. Doesn't dismiss them, doesn't sweep them under the carpet or act like they're not there, which is denial, but rather faces those challenges head on. Another myth is that feeling sad or down is not manly. It's just not manly to feel sad or down. The reality is that sadness is an emotion that all humans feel, including men. So it's real, we feel it, sometimes on a daily basis, some of you more than others, but it's real. Another myth is that anyone with enough willpower ought to be able to snap out of it, right? Just snap out of it, man. Come on. 
busy yourself, do whatever you got to do, just snap out of it. Well, the reality is depression or sadness, which leads to depression, isn't overcome by willpower alone. You have to learn and acquire new skills and tools to beat it. And this, especially for a godly man, and we'll talk a little bit about David, King David, even in the Bible, because he didn't deny depression. He didn't deny times of sadness. He actually dealt with it. And so the truth is, it's not just willpower that will overcome it. We need tools, spiritual tools. We need tools, uh, you know, tools from the Word of God, tools uh, that we can learn and acquire to actually overcome it, to actually beat it. So the last myth I'll say is that men should not ask for help. They should be able to cope on their own. This is one of the biggest, fattest lies that men believe in every area of struggle, every area of temptation, lust, the same thing. It is a myth and it is not true. The reality is, is that consulting others for direction and guidance really means taking control. And it's the smartest thing you can do, right? Bringing that, especially in your relationship with Jesus, bringing that to the Lord in prayer, and then surrounding yourself with other men that know you well enough that where you can share the struggles that you're having, you can share the truth about where you're really at. This is incredibly important. You should not be an island. You weren't created to be an island. You weren't created to do it alone, especially you that are married. Your spouse is there to help you, to help you process, to listen to your heart, to ask questions, you know, to pray through things. So just a few things. And because of these myths, men will often talk about feeling angry or irritable rather than sad or down. You'll hear that a lot. Man, I'm just, I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. But the truth is they're, they're really down. They're sad. They're depressed. And these myths can also feel like handcuffs for men preventing them from reaching out to others for even a little support. And I think that it contributes to many men not seeking support until their depression is very severe, if at all. And even then, many men don't find help until it's too late. So this actually brings men to an increased risk of taking their own lives. And, you know, the greatest risk factor for suicide is untreated depression. Untreated depression. And isn't that significant in the day and age that we live in with mental illness exponentially on the rise? And uh, the good thing is that actually a lot of men are taking action. And more and more men, including professional athletes, musicians, actors, lawyers, businessmen, writers, tradesmen, teachers, men in the military, and everyone in between are going public about depression and taking control of their health. And so breaking down the myths, freeing guys to talk about and tackle their depression is an incredibly important reality to to overcoming to living a victory centered or an overcoming centered life rather than a victim mentality right depression if not dealt with leads to a victim mentality but a victor an overcomer mentality says i can do all things through christ who gives me strength i can overcome because he overcame. And so we as believers actually have a greater responsibility. We have a greater authority uh, than those 
that do not know Christ. And so uh, almost a greater responsibility to actually talk about it, to deal with it, to not sweep it on the, or not even to spiritualize it or to over-spiritualize it, to act as if it's not there just by saying the right biblical truths. We have to name it. You got to name the pain, right? You got to be able to be in touch with yourself enough to know what it is that you're wrestling with. Um, this is, yeah, this is huge. So, uh, you know, we, we want to talk a bit today. I, I was thinking of, I love the life of, of David. David's story in the Bible actually is one of the most encouraging to me, even though some of you might be, well, man, he has some pretty big, like, stumbles, man. Like, he committed a fair, he killed someone, you know, he did all this crazy stuff, and yet God said he was a man after my own heart. It just sounds like an oxymoron, but the truth is, is that David really represents most of us. You know, here he is, this insignificant little small shepherd boy, man, just tending sheep, right, in the field, not being noticed by anybody. And yet David cultivated at an early age sort of a, a life of worship. You know, he understood who the Creator was. He understood that he wasn't his own man, that he belonged to someone else. And he began through worship, man, to write songs to the Lord and just in the midst of the challenges. And God initiated God took David and did some amazing things in his teen years, most notable, obviously David and Goliath, that story, the five smooth stones, you know, took down the giant because he had courage. He wasn't afraid. He took a stand for God. So just, just some great analogies, some great parallels that we can draw from his life. But listen to this in Psalm 42, Psalm 42. I love, you know, um, I love it starts off saying as a deer longs for man. This is like not, you know, we, we sometimes hear, hear this, the old song, you know, as the deer panteth for the water. So my soul longs after you, you know, that's, that's a great song, but this was actually like a, the kind of thing where a deer is running away from an enemy, right? Um, and he's prey and there's, there is this like massive thirst, you know, this, this desperate, like gotta get to water, you know, that's, that's the kind of cry David is actually using here. So I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. You know, this is, he says, when can I come and appear before you, God? My tears have been food day and night. You know, while all day long people are saying to me, where's your God? You believe in God, where is he? You know, and, and so he, he's in this place of great anxiety, of great uh, intensity. And... He's remembering, man. He's remembering, you know, he's, he's being pursued. He's being chased. Like he's remembering when he used to go to the house of the Lord. He's remembering when times were better, you know, when things were, maybe it was the job, man. You had the job, you know, you had the money, you, you had an awesome relationship and a marriage, and now you're divorced. Now you're laid off from the job. Now you have no purpose. Uh, whatever it might be, this is what David's doing. This is what he says. Let's check this out in verse five. He says, why am I so depressed? Why is this turmoil within me? Guys, can I tell you something? If, if the majority of you just ask those two questions, okay, if you ask a question, a real question, because it shows what's really going on inside of David, and it shows what's going on in us. David recognized that he's depressed. He recognized that he's in turmoil. So he asked the question, why am I depressed? You know what his response is? He says this, put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. 
And then he says, right after saying that in verse 5, he says, I am deeply depressed. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan. You know, and it's just like, he is calling to attention in the midst of his depression. He is calling forth God's faithfulness over his life. I remember what God did for me. I remember who God really is. Why am I depressed right now? Why am I struggling? He didn't even try to fix it necessarily or give a reason why he shouldn't be. He just called to remembrance the faithfulness of God. So there are some incredible keys in the life of David. And even says again in verse 11, Why am I so depressed? Why this turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. He ends that psalm again three times. He says, I'm depressed. Come on. There is some truth in this that we need to adhere to, that we need to take action with in our own lives, right? In our own lives. So, man, that gives us some things to think about. Some of you, as you're listening to this, you are dealing with areas of deep sadness, of deep uh, hurt, you know, of deep disappointment, right? All these different areas that, that you are struggling with, and you're, you're not even maybe fully aware of what it is or why it is that you're dealing with that, but you know that it's there. And you know, I think it's important because even men like Charles Spurgeon, man, the great, you know, Baptist preacher who probably talked about depression and actually was was not denying it. You know, many great men of God actually struggled with depression, struggled with sadness. Um, you know, and, and, and Charles Spurgeon, for those of you that might know, is a man of extraordinary humor with a laugh that could single him out in, in an enormous crowd. And Spurgeon knew from personal experience the depths of despair. He knew that some suffered from depression while others didn't, and he had a sneaking suspicion that there were reasons for this. Depression was not God's judgment for sin, nor was he turning his back on a believer. It happened sometimes when one neglected oneself, when someone was sick. When you get sick and you stay sick and it doesn't just get, you know, the flu doesn't go away in, um, in a day or three and you're dealing with maybe terminal sickness or you're dealing with something so severe that it just leads to depression. And when you're stressed out at your job, this can lead to depression. When you didn't get enough sleep and rest, when you're in a sedentary lifestyle, you're not exercising, you're not working out, right? Your body just feels lazy. And, you know, when you're a leader, a lot of pastors like myself deal with depression. So there's a lot of reasons. And sometimes it's just causeless depression. Uh, you know, you don't know why. Not necessarily a reason, but just, just being human. Just the reality of living in a fallen and broken world can lead to depression. So if you're dealing with it and you know you're dealing with it, should you be concerned about it? Yes. As I said, in any given year, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, 
three to four million men in the United States alone suffer from depression or clinical depression. And that number keeps rising every month. And while the risk of abandoning life is very high when you are depressed, suicide is not the only outcome risk of depression. You know, someone has said that those who don't put a gun to their heads are liable to die in other untimely ways. And, uh, you know, for instance, researchers at, I believe, John Hopkins School of Hygiene and Public Health have found that depression is a big factor in fatal heart attacks. It also increases blood pressure and cholesterol. The reason? Well, we now realize that depression is a significant cause of stress. Um, I think a recent study from Ohio State suggests that depression increases men's but not women's risk of dying from heart disease. But health and life aren't only, or they're not the only reasons why men should be concerned about depression. You know, when, when a, the truth is, and some of you might have experienced this or are experiencing this, but when a husband or a father is so incapacitated by depression that he will not own and get treatment for it, a whole family is cut down, a whole family is affected. And when that husband or father is a Christian, and as a believer, his family's spiritual well-being is often also placed in jeopardy. So it's like not just affecting yourself, but it affects your kids, it affects your wife, and it'll affect your kids' kids. So oftentimes it can be a generational thing where even recently as I'm doing some personal study into some family tree stuff, it's interesting that even on one side of my family, there was someone who committed suicide um, there was someone who dealt with serious anxiety and depression. And so on one side of the family, I know that depression and anxiety and worry have been almost passed down from generations. And that can happen. That can happen. Um, to put it bluntly, a man who is depressed for whatever reason, who refuses to get treatment or attend to his depression is not only harming his own life, but also the lives of those who love who he loves and wants to care for. Um, man, if you could hear some of the stories of despair and hopelessness and abandonment that even I've heard from wives, perhaps you might try a little harder to get help. So I'm, I'm just, I'm going to say it right here that if you're listening to this and you're dealing with depression, you're dealing with despair, with sadness, and you haven't told anybody, I'm going to plead with you, please tell someone, reach out to someone. Don't let it go another day where you don't deal with it because another day of not dealing with it is another day to your kids, your wife, ultimately being affected by it. Your life has purpose. You're worth, you're valuable. You matter, right? Your freedom matters. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, it says in Galatians. So don't be subject to a yoke of slavery. Depression is a form of slavery entrapping you, enslaving you from freedom, right? You remember the scene in William Wallace, you know, crying out in Braveheart, freedom, <laughs> right? You know, we need to rise up and we need to acknowledge, we need to acknowledge the very real problem. And we need to be able to pinpoint it in each of our lives, whether it's generational, whether it's situational, 
circumstantial that you've caused it or someone, some of the wrong done to you. Maybe you were taken advantage of. I know a friend of mine who was a pastor was, was molested as a boy, was taken advantage. And I know that's a very real struggle. Just that alone can affect everything that you do in your profession, in your ministry, most importantly, in your own family. So it's actually a lot more common. Sadness, depression is a lot more common than the statistics tend to show. Ah, man, let's just take a deep breath for a moment. Sometimes in the busyness of life, when you know that you're dealing with stuff, when you know, and it's easy to want to deny it or just to run from it, that's when we got to stop. That's when we have to take a deep breath, maybe five or 10 deep breaths. And you know, there's a phrase, and it's actually from a song called Abba, I belong to you, but the phrase Abba means father, daddy, father, daddy, God. It's like, it's like a little kid saying, hey, daddy, can I jump in your lap? I know you love me so much. I love you so much. So I just want to jump in your lap. And that's the kind of relationship we have. You know, safety, protection, affection, nurture. And so sometimes I just pause and you can say, Abba, I belong to you. I belong to you. And that simple truth, that simple statement can unlock your heart in a way to receive the Father's love, the Father's embrace, the Father's affection, the truth about how God really feels about you, how He thinks about you, how He sees you. Because I believe that also one of the reasons for depression is that we are believing lies about ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm not good, good looking enough. I'm not capable enough. I don't have what it takes. You name it. Believing lies about yourself, lies that were spoken over you from your father, possibly, or a father figure, lies that you've believed from the world that we live in, lies about our sexuality. All of these things have caused us to lead us into more depression, more sadness. Um, so, I think that it's significant. It's significant for, for you to talk about. It's significant for you to deal with, right? To deal with, um, to learn how to, how to cope with it in a, a healthy way. And that's what we want to do. You know, it's different for each person. Depression affects everyone in different ways, which means your particular symptoms are unique to you. And sometimes that's why we don't share about it because we think we can't relate or others can't relate. You know, one person might not have enough energy to even get out of bed, while another person might feel constantly edgy and restless. One might feel really down all the time and break into tears seemingly for no reason. The other might snap angrily at the smallest irritation. One person might never seem hungry while the other eats constantly. The two, two people might both say they feel down in the dumps, but how that actually feels for them could be very different. And these symptoms you feel and experience may vary greatly in intensity and duration over time. 
So here's something that's important to know. Depression doesn't come on suddenly. Usually it doesn't. And even though you might have experienced a traumatic um, situation, maybe you lost a spouse suddenly, that trauma can quickly lead into depression but oftentimes most of the time it, it it's it's a slow going thing it can slowly creep up and before you know it you're caught in its grip and i think it's important to acknowledge that acknowledge that to know that um recognizing depression is the first step to preventing or stopping it from controlling your life you wouldn't attempt to heal a broken leg by simply toughing it out, would you? So you have to treat depression and sadness the same way you would treat any other serious injury or illness. And I'm going to leave it at this for now. And I believe next time we're going to follow up with some specific things that we can do, some specific things that you can pray, that you can apply to your life, to both helping you overcome anger and depression. Sometimes they are linked together. But we wanted to first give just awareness and to highlight it. And if you're dealing with this and you're able to send me a message, Hearts of Men, if you're able to uh, in some way reach out to me to let me know or let someone know, that would be that would be phenomenal. So I can add you to my prayer list. But I want to say that there's hope. There's hope for all of us, right? So don't give up, man. If you know who you are, you know where you're at, I encourage you reach out for help today. There is help. Put your hope again in God, for I will still praise Him, my Savior and my God. All right. Thank you for listening to Hearts of Men. We will be back next time. God bless. Thank you.